This is an ABC podcast. Turn right at the next intersection. Oh, I missed the turn. How long till I'm at work? Recalculating. Work is many, many minutes away. Oh, I'm so behind. Between meetings and emails and phone calls and brainstorming and lunch, there's never enough time. Claire, you have 1,440 minutes in the day, just like everyone else. Siri, so judgy. What's on the agenda for today? You have two meetings. The first with former Foreign Minister Julie Bishop. She is famously on time. You are, of course, running late. Not yet. Maybe. Then what? Then you're speaking to time management expert Kate Christie. Irony. Oh, good. I need that. She's going to teach us what super-organised people know that we don't so that we can take back control of our schedule, be more productive and maybe even leave on time. Also, Siri? Yes? Do I have time for a coffee? Do you ever feel like you turn up for work, you're super busy all day, but you get nothing done? Like, it's just a frustrating game of what can be put off for the longest. What am I doing wrong here? I'm Claire Hooper. This is The Pineapple Project, and I want to know if it's actually possible to finish your to-do list or will I die with it still in my hand? You know who I've always looked at and thought, how does she do that? Julie Bishop. Remember when she was Foreign Minister and she'd be overseas and she'd be like keynote speaker at Geneva and managing a crisis back home. And yet you'd still see her out for a run in a black cat suit with perfect hair. How is that even possible? And what's her secret? It's very kind of you to make time, especially since we're talking about how time, <laughs> how precious your time is. I've got a lot more time on my hands now, so I hope I can be useful. <laughs> you say that. I suspect you're still more busy than I am. I'd be really interested to know, in your busiest times, what sort of time of the day would you be running? As early as I needed to. It would depend. If we had an early flight out, I would try and get in a quick run before we would leave. Sometimes it was just impossible if we were leaving at 4am or 4.30am. It was not feasible to do it. But pretty well, as often as I could, I'd go for a run and somebody would map it out in advance. So at least I knew where I was going, even if it was in the dark. But I had some fantastic experiences running through cities and in some of the more exotic places around the world. It was quite exciting. And what did an actual day look like from the point that you got up and took your run to the point where you went to bed? What Did you get a lunch break? Uh, rarely. There it was no typical day because every day was different. Indeed, every day is different. But when you're travelling overseas, uh, you would have or I would have meetings scheduled back to back. Sometimes there was a working lunch. There was invariably a working dinner and often meetings into the night and also briefings. So uh, sleep was... Uh, almost an optional extra sometimes, but I still try and get a decent sleep each night because you just can't operate otherwise. And you were just fitted in around what you had to do. But there were some weeks that were far busier than others. And then there were times when we would travel through many time zones and that was always challenging. But I have learned not to succumb to jet lag and I get home from a long trip away and get straight into it. I think it's a question of mind over matter to an extent. Julie, how often do you check your emails in a day? First thing in the morning when I wake up, I check the emails and then mm, 
throughout the day, depending upon uh, what time available I have. When I've got spare time, I'll check my emails. I don't do it obsessively, but I do like to keep in touch with the office, keep in touch with what's going on and certainly keep up to date with the news. So I would check emails relatively often, but there are so many different apps these days. You can get text messages and messages on Twitter and messages on Instagram (laughs) and messages, messages. So there's a lot to keep up to date with, without doubt. There really is. You can lose a lot of time on social media. Do you have an assistant holding your phone and passing it to you, or is it in your pocket at all times? I have my phone with me at all times. (laughs) A lot of people have got my mobile phone number and they contact me directly, so I like to be available. And I also have a little health app on there that if my phone's with me, it tells me how many steps I've been walking or how far I've run in a day. So I like to keep my phone with me as often as possible. A lot of people say that you shouldn't check your phone whilst in bed. If you check your phone in bed, then I think that's categorical proof that you should. So tell me, what's your phone behaviour in bed? I do check it from time to time. Yes. Uh, particularly particularly when foreign minister because of the time difference if somebody was trying to get in touch with you about an event that happened to be in the middle of the night in Australia well as foreign minister you would want to know. And there were times when my phone would ring very early in the morning or late at night and it usually meant bad news and I would always take the call. But I don't obsessively wake up and check my emails or anything like that. But if my phone rings uh, in the middle of the night, of course, I'll answer it. Any tips around time management for people who can't seem to get it together? I'm a great believer in lists. I'm a things to do list person. And I list tasks in order of priority and try to Uh, stick with that task until completion as far as possible. And the satisfaction of being able to cross off a task from the list is wonderful. So I do keep lists. I keep a detailed diary so I don't forget tasks. Uh, If I can delegate, I'll do that as well, um, ask others for help. So I try to keep a very ordered day. It doesn't always work out that way, but I still keep endless lists and Even though my phone is with me all the time, I also have a notebook so that I write things down as events occur or I think of something or there's another issue that I need to deal with. At least it's been written down somewhere. And so when uh, staff or advisors would come in to talk to me, I'd insist that they brought their notebook with them so that they write down whatever it is that we discussed. I think it's my old legal habit days of, uh, you know, writing everything down and keeping a a track of everything that you need to do and all the tasks you need to undertake. So I keep a diary, I keep lists, and I try to focus on one task at a time. One task at a time seems to be a really big idea that people struggle to grasp. Everybody's trying to do a little bit of everything at once. So you, you really, you'll decide the priority task and you will continue with it until it's finished. Well, that's the aim. It doesn't always work that way. And of course, you're constantly interrupted. But nevertheless, if you uh, focus on prioritising your tasks and then crossing them off, it's a really great feeling when you actually achieve it by the end of the day. Say, yes, I've done all that I needed to do today. Have you ever spent a day in your life without a list? 
Not that I recall. <laughs> Even on holidays, you still you still got it hovering oh, in your totally. handbag. Yep, yeah, totally. Um, if I'm uh, on holidays, if I've got time away, I've always written down and <laughs> what I have to do that day: <laughs> drink by the pool, lunch. <laughs> okay, you really really enjoy your list. Then that's good. I am a list person. So we've talked a fair bit about tips in a general sense and how you organise your time. But would you say you have an actual philosophy of time management? My overriding philosophy comes from my mother who had this saying, you go this way but once. And by that she meant take every opportunity. Life isn't a dress rehearsal. You don't get another go at this. So be busy, be active, take opportunities, contribute as much as you can, give as much as you can because this is your life. This is your one opportunity to do it. And that's the way I've always approached my career, my life, that there are so many wonderful, amazing things to do that I don't want to miss a moment of it. It means I have a lot to do every day and I I like to feel every moment. And I don't drift. I tend to be very organised and uh, try to do as much as I can in one day and go to bed at night thinking, oh, wasn't that a great day? Yeah, homie's right. You've only got one life, one shot, one opportunity. But also, it's kind of like what Jared taught us back in episode one. When you take a step back and connect to your reason for wanting to get more out of the day, it's easier to prioritise. So, how can I squeeze every drop out of every minute of the day. Kate Christie wrangles unruly schedules for a living. There's no silver bullet here. You can't expect that all of a sudden you flick the light switch on, you're going to have all this time back. It takes time to get rid of old habits and it takes time to implement the new and better habits. We are finally starting the interview seven minutes later than it was uh, scheduled for. How's that making you feel? Well, usually it would make me feel terrible, but it's been lovely talking to you. That's completely fine. Stop it. (laughs) What mistakes are people making with managing their time? There's quite a few poisonous time investment mistakes that you want to steer clear from. So, for example, stop thinking about your time as something that needs to be managed. It needs to be invested. Stop multitasking at work and start single tasking. Stop remaking simple decisions. You want to make simple decisions fast and you want to make them once. So, for example, what am I going to wear today? What am I going to eat? Have a bit of a work uniform so that you're not deciding every single day. Know what you love eating and make sure it's always stocked in the house so that you don't spend 10 minutes fridge gazing every single morning. You want to stop doing the things that are a silly waste of your time. So don't do anything during peak hour. Don't buy clothes that need to be ironed. Don't shop in the supermarket if you can shop online. So you want to make those simple decisions and do them quite easily. You want to set yourself up for an active rather than a reactive day. And an active day is one where you control the agenda as opposed to one where you're just reacting and putting fires out all day. Some people work in really open plan offices and people are saying, can I have five minutes of your time? What do you think of this idea? Hey, do you need a coffee? Even if you turn off your emails, you're surrounded by workmates. Absolutely. The concept of open plan was very much around 
providing a creative space for people to collaborate and to work together to deliver better outcomes. And certainly it has its place, but you don't need to be collaborating all of the time. So from my perspective, open plan offices are just the devil incarnate. And what you need to do is there are times when you just need to have focused delivery and focus without interruption. So you if you're in an open plan, you either need to remove the distractions or you need to remove yourself. And so different ways of doing that, uh, if you uh, can't remove yourself to a meeting room or to a cafe or somewhere where it's just white noise, then put on some noise-reducing headphones or something like that, which is a visual sign to everyone around you, look, I'm single-focusing here, just don't interrupt me. Do you have your phone by your bed? No. Where do you have it? It's either, well, good question. At the moment, I think it's in the car. Don't. (laughs) Because I batch my phone times. So batching is a fantastic time investment tool that you should use at work and at home. And it's basically where you block segments of time or chunks of time into your calendar to complete like tasks. As you're describing this, I'm thinking of the people it would work for. And then I'm thinking of the people like people who work in retail and their job is to stand at the point of sale Mm -hmm. and wait for the work to come to them. Mm -hmm. So I guess the things you're talking about can be helpful for them outside of work hours, but within work hours, it's pretty difficult for them to have control of their own time. One of the key mistakes I see people make when it comes to their time is that they don't control their time. Now, when it comes to control, we don't all have the same level of control. Someone who's an entrepreneur and they've got their own gig might have 100% control of their time, whereas someone who works in retail may only have 10 to 15% control of their time. It may be that they get to choose when they're going to have their break and where they're going to take their break. So it's about identifying what you have control over and exercising maximum control over that. What kinds of stuff should you batch at work? At work, the most important thing to batch first off is emails. So if you're in a job that is not entirely email driven in terms of delivery, then you want to have maybe two or three email batches a day. So the first one will be after your first key task for the day, the second one around lunchtime, the third one before you go home. If you're in a really email driven work environment, say a call centre, then that's your delivery. You can't really batch it because it's all day, every day. You want to batch meetings. So if you've got a team, batch all of your one-on-one meetings in a batch together. You want to batch process delivery and enhancement. So where you look at whatever our key processes, how can they be fixed, what's more efficient. So you want to batch those together. You want to batch your strategic time. So your thinking time in terms of where are we taking this particular product? Where are we taking the company or the business? So they're things you want to batch as well. Then you want to batch all of the mundane sort of things. So the billing, uh, customer inquiries, updating internal brochures and checklists and stuff like that. You can batch everything. Think about your job logically and basically break it down into chunks of different activities. What are the five key activities that make up my job? Then batch each of those five into different time zones so that you're doing them all at once. So you're operating in the zone for longer, which makes it more effective and more efficient. I know there's no clear answer to this, but how long is a batch? When you do a batch, how long is that? Anywhere between about 25 and 60 minutes. Some people can work for longer without interruption, but anywhere around the sort of the 45-minute mark is is quite a sweet 
spot for most people in terms of how long they can maintain their concentration on a single task. Some people are lucky enough to have bosses that trust them to do their work from home. Do you think home is just as bad for distractions as an open plan office? (laughs) It can be if you're the sort of person who's easily distracted. So (laughs) anywhere is going to distract you if you're a procrastinator. Hmm. So it's about removing all of those obstacles and having that disciplined mindset. But if you're a procrastinator, then the best way to get into your day to set yourself up for success is to have a really good plan prior to the day. Have a great to-do list which lists out your tasks in order of priority, which is really deadline and importance-based. Identify the top tasks that you need to do tomorrow morning and then lock them into your calendar so that you're setting yourself up for success. You're walking into your home office or your work office with a plan and you're removing the need to procrastinate. All right. Talk to me about how important a routine is. So routines are really important. And starting your day with a really terrific morning routine is going to set you up where you, you've won before you've even started. You want to you want to start your day as a winner. So if your morning routine is to get up and have a healthy breakfast and maybe have a jog or go for a walk or to meditate or pray, you know, or do something meaningful in that way, then that's a great way to start your day because you're already starting the day as a winner. And so when you get to the office and you've got your program of work ahead of you, you've already done all those things that you said you were going to do first thing in the morning. And so you already have that feeling of momentum. I've got a two and a four-year-old. You're asking too much of me. Oh, get up and meditate. Get out, Sylvia. Oh, she's wet her pants. All right, let's go change the pants. Penny, Penny, it's music class in an hour. Penny, you've got to put your shoes back on, etc. Okay, so... But that, that then becomes your morning routine, That's if you my like. morning routine. That's, so, the, that's the one I asked for. So what you should do with that then is put on some really loud, awesome music in the morning... Crank it up and say to the kids, this is our new morning routine. This is awesome. And what you're going to do is, Penny, run and get your undies. Sylvia, go to the toilet. I want everyone in the kitchen. Go, 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 go. And you whip them into an absolute frenzy. And the music's blasting. It's fun. You're doing it as a family. That becomes your routine. And you're programming them that that's the routine. Okay, how would a person decide on a routine that works for them? How do you know what will work for you? Really, you want to stick to something that just makes you feel good, makes you feel great in terms of that routine, first thing in the morning routine. And then in terms of getting stuff done during the day, go for some of the really tried and tested productivity strategies such as single focus, don't multitask, batch your time, batch your energy, how to avoid interruptions, how to move away from that busy mindset. So it's it's a mix of what works for me plus what are some strategies. Thanks, Kate Christie. Oh, speaking of time, I've got to be somewhere. Yeah. Hold the lift. Who's that player? Mm. Walking down the hall. She's carrying a folder. Oh, I'm going to give her a call. Yeah. What wife or husband? Because it's not a gendered term, guys. That's the way I like to work it. Yeah. Wife. Going up. Hello, Virginia Trioli, a.k.a. my best friend at work. Ah, uh, it's you. Hello. Which floor? Oh, well, that one. I was already on my floor. I just thought this would be a good opportunity to get some time with my work wife. OK, great. So what are you focusing on today? Well, today we're talking work habits of the kick-ass, how successful people manage to achieve so much more than we normal people. No, no, no. I mean, what are your three list items? What? 
It's a basic productivity technique, the rule of three. At the start of your day, write down three things that you must get done that day. Then ask yourself, are they in line with your priorities? Are they actually important? Then are they achievable? Do the same for the week ahead, then do the next month, then the rest of the year. My three list items today are interview the Prime Minister, write 1,000 pages of my new book, and teach Michael Rowland to use the reply all function in his ABC email. Ah. Wow, this is a slow lift. We must be up to the 80th floor by now. Floor three. Uh, uh, okay, bye, work wife. I'm putting you on my list for tomorrow. Oh, goody, bye. Mmm, that's how you work your wife. Yeah. Work. To do today, talk to ex-foreign minister. Cross it off the list. Talk to time management expert. Done. Drive to work. Oh, finished that ages ago. Tick. Okay, so what have we learned? One, the most successful people out there set up a structure and systems for their workday. And that means they can stop wasting time deciding what to do. And also, it means they're getting heaps more bang for their buck when they are working. Two, batch your tasks, your time, and your energy. Three, Don't let your emails, your phone or your Facebook be the boss of you. Switch them off and switch on some control over your time at work. And four, make a list. Get it out of your head and onto the page. Why don't you try the rule of three for a week? Each night for seven nights, make a list of your top three priorities for the next day and write down when you're going to do them. Seriously, just do it and see how making that tiny little tweak to your routine gives you back control over the rest of your day. You can thank me later. Put thanking me on your list. Do it. I'm Claire Hooper and this is The Pineapple Project, the podcast that makes you better at work. Next time on The Pineapple Project, you've supercharged your work style and are on top of your priorities. But then... A meeting comes along to derail your day. I reckon that's the worst. When you sit there and you realise, I've got no idea why I'm here, I shouldn't be here, and this is a total waste of my time. How to become a master of meetings. Make them work for you and maybe even secretly love them. Ask yourself before the meeting, what is it that I really want to get out of this? That's next on The Pineapple Project. In the meantime, don't work too hard. Hang on, wait, do, do. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts and share a link with a friend who's been a bit slow on the uptake. Or you can just hear it in the ABC Listen app. This is a production of ABC Audio Studios. That's right.